Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force it, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC make me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly and that is what TGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. We don't manipulate it to our own benefits. Like what changes and that is what we do. That's why I love There you have it. Do have an insightful sermon. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Whoosh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. So, we started um, two weeks ago on Yeshua. 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 Um, we're going through the book of Hebrews, sort of, to reveal Jesus. Yeshua means Jesus, right? So, we're talking about who he is, what he has done, and who we are. Because of what he has done. Amen. Who he is, what he has done, and who we are because of what he has, he has done. Glory to God. You know, as we know Jesus more, we know ourselves better. You know that? So when we see him, we see ourselves. It says, as we behold as in a glass, the glory of God, as in a mirror, right? The glory of God, we have been transformed into that exact same image from glory to glory. So as we behold Jesus, as we see and know him more and more, we are transformed exactly into his, into his likeness. You know, what, what we got to, we got his nature, right? But the more we know him, the more we are in our experiences, you get, um, it's likeness and nature. So the more we know, the more we know his character, the more we know his power, the more it's reflected through us to our world. So we're trying to know Jesus better, okay? So we can know ourselves better. To know who we are, know who we are, what we have in him. Glory to God. So we talked about, last talked about, about the Trinity, about Jesus being the Son of God and God himself at the same time, right? So we're going for that today. Hebrews 4. Now, before then, I can help you, don't worry. <laughs> before then, so something that happened during the week, this week, um, a particular pastor abroad, a mega church pastor, a stand pastor, pastor, um, committed suicide. We, we had a story, right? Where the story? We need. Wait, why are you on Twitter? <sighs> Glory to God. And there was, um, you know, of course, there's usually the opera, you know, the fear and everything about that. Um, people ask questions that a believer, a pastor, you know, have the let things go so far and, and all that. Um, we said last week that Christ came to the earth, fully man, fully God. You too. You are fully man. You also have divinity inside of you. So you have to know how to use a divinity to swallow your humanity. You get the point here? You must know how to wear your divinity on your humanity. Because humanity speaks, divinity speaks also. You must know how to wear your divinity on your humanity. The right Paul will say, now put on the new man. Amen. You have to learn how to put it on. I get my point here. To consciously, in your experiences, wear the new man. You have to wear it. Amen. Amen. The flesh speaks. 
the spirit speaks also. You must know which one you are putting on. Glory to God. So, um, we must learn to manage our humanity better. Let's manage it better. Let's manage it better. How? Even start from the simple thing. The simple thing. Rest. Rest. Sleep. Amen. People talk about sort of funny, funny ideologies that you sleep for eight hours. Yeah, listen, man. It's stupid talk. Someone says sleep for eight hours. It's, it's nonsense talk. Once you die, sleep well. It is, it is true. The body needs a certain amount of sleep daily to, to function well. If you don't, you start having what they call forgetful brain. That's just, it's not, you really don't work well. All these kind of funny things you just hear on Twitter. Uh, so if you want to, what they said, you sleep for eight hours. You shut up your mouth. Sleep well. Sleep well. You are awake, you are pressing phone. What's, what's the difference? <laughs> awake, you are pressing phone. You are not resting. You are not, you're not getting anything done. If you sleep for eight hours daily and you get things done with many hours, you'll be fine. So it's not about, it's about what you do with your many hours, what you do with it. This sleep is not, not is killing your life. It is what I do with many hours that is doing you. Sleep well, rest well. Rest well. Rest well. You know, we, we, you think that because you are now a, a believer, that you can do any hour, you'll be fine. You don't eat well, you don't sleep well, you don't have good hygiene, but you think I'm a believer in Christ, I cannot be sick. I'm so sick. This, this, this is a basic, it's common sense. Common sense. You must manage your body better, otherwise, you will break down. Nothing will happen. Amen. Amen. It happens. So please, this is the idea. Manage your, manage your body better. Good hygiene, good rest. Okay, and when there are issues, you know, I think sometimes it's hard for us to share issues among believers because everybody's forming I'm strong. Everybody, everybody forms, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, no, you're not fine. Oh, we know that what you are doing, this guy, the way you are looking at me like right now, I think you faint. But <laughs> how are you? I'm fine. And it's an issue because when we've taught faith, it's as though we cannot be vulnerable because of faith. Like you say, how you are feeling, God, God, you don't have faith. Yeah. I think we should learn how to communicate this in better in a way that we are still expressive, but still speaking faith. We must learn how to do it. Otherwise, we'll all be forming zombies. But when we look at it, there's a problem. Are you getting my point here? Yeah. So we have to learn to. This faith thing is not hard. We've made it too hard. This Christian life is so easy. But we've made it so hard, we've been taught. Everything is just, it's just fight. It's not fight, it's easy. Amen. Jesus Christ, in public, he wept. He cried. He didn't do son of God and say, I cannot cry. He cried in public. He cried. He not even cry. He wept. No cry is cry. He wept. He wept. <laughs> so we must be able to be, I want us to be real people. Amen. Not just spiritual. Not just spiritual. It's who you are. You're by nature. It cannot be taken out of you, okay? So don't be doing as if you, if you play to fall down. You know what we'll do? That if I play to my toes, fall down. It cannot fall for your body. It's who you are. Amen. The Holy Ghost in you. It's in you forever. So it's not as if you, if you play small. The Ghost will jump out. You lose one bar. <laughs> you lose one bar. <laughs> Do you get my point here? Wear it naturally. Wear it naturally. Let it be part of your... It's who you are. So don't do it as if it's fragile. Amen. Okay? So where there are issues, share. Share. You know, sometimes when just talking... Just talking relieves you. Just talking relieves you. Just talking relieves you. So learn to leverage on the family. Where you are, where you are down, just share, just share with somebody. Don't go to life alone. Don't go to life alone. Okay? Share with family. Don't form this bond. 
we are stronger together than alone. Right? It exactly says that um, who, who, it says um, that when two are together, they keep warm. Well, God help the woman, woman army. God, God help him. Amen. Amen. It says a three-foot cord is not easily broken. Okay? So we are better in here than alone. Why even Christ sent disciples two by two? Send them out two in two. Never, never, never alone. Why? There's power in synergy, in community, in family. So don't do life alone. Share. Where you are, you know, where you are at breaking point, share it. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Go on vacation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay. Just saying you have to sleep. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So, so these things, they should not happen. Do you get my point? But it happens when we don't care for our humanity. Do you get my point here? They should, they should not happen. They shouldn't happen. When you don't care for your body, for your emotions, it will happen. It's not cause. It's what it is. Okay? We work too hard in Lagos. And we, we dignify suffering. It's not it's suffering. It's not at work. It's suffering. It is suffering. People work, wake up at 5 or 4. They are back at 9 or 10. Or 12. Or 12. And they are up again at 4 the next day. And if you are at work, you know you are suffering. It's not at work. It's suffering. Then you are up again the next morning. You are gone again. Saturday, so you are busy or true. You are busy or true. You are Sunday church and everything is busy for you. You are not at work. You are suffering. Your goal should be to grow out of that suffer, suffer, suffer life. Plan, plan, plan your way out of it. Plan your way out of it. Don't, don't, there are 10 years of suffering like that. No. Plan your way out of it. It's not it's suffering. Okay? Don't live like that. Plan your way out of it. This should not be how I will live the rest of my life. Plan your way out of it. It's even now worse. Like even in our schools, we have lectures on Sunday. Amen. Medical students. It's so weird. Medical school, I should do better. They should know better. They should know better. Should know better. That's the just happening on Sunday. Medical school. No sense. <laughs> so if they don't teach medical students how to rest, who will teach you, many of you? I guess my point here. We should not be a people that dignifies suffering. Life is not meant to be this hard. It's us. We made it hard. Okay? So when we don't do this, people break down. Nothing is God not good. God is good. You should agree yourself. Okay, this, you know, generally, let's learn to, learn to, you know, take care of your body, your emotions. Your emotions, take a break. See, if you miss work, what will continue? What will happen? People that say, I don't go there, what will happen? What will go on? In fact, if anybody dies today, what will go on tomorrow? Maximum one day off. Oh, one day, what will go on? <laughs> no, if, if I'm back, no day. Eh? day. One hour. <laughs> I get my point here. I get my point here. So we must be, we must learn to manage. This, this is important to manage your emotions better, manage your body better. Amen. Amen. So the someone said that the person has taken. I'll speak for a while. I'll that for a, for a, for a while. Yeah, and it was, it was, it was public about it. You should have taken. You should make take a break. Just like, just like, I'll take a break. You are pastoring while, while I'm mental issues. You will just kill yourself. Amen. When I think the pastor on his own is mental stress. We now deal with mental sickness. Let's not just die. Because why is going to do it? If someone's going to say, ah, sir, 
Pastor was finished my family clinical clinical. Added, added stress is not stress. Fast suicide. I get my point. So when you get to that kind of point, take a break. Take a break. Take a month off. Just take care of yourself. Enjoy life. Travel. When? <laughs> Seriously, life is you only have one life. There is no beef in heaven. Amen. Eat beef on it. But seriously, enjoy this life. Eat well, but in moderation, but eat well. Amen. 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 Please. Amen. You know, you know we have funny, funny, funny behaviors. This, this, is, this is teaching. It's, it's Bible. Care for your body. You know, if you want to break your diet, you want to change diet, you now think that vegetarian for two weeks change your life. Amen. You want to change, so why not just make a new diet that can last for your lifetime? See my point here. Instead of doing two weeks of carbs, glory to God. Just let's learn this, let's learn this thing, okay? Okay, then let's, let's let the family know how, you, how you're doing. Don't go through life alone, okay? Amen. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Why we open Hebrews 4? Now, remember that, that last week, went through John a lot. I'm talking about Joseph saying a lot of, I am. I am. I am bread of life. I am so, you know, I am so and so. If you eat my flesh, my blood, you have life in you. You know, a lot, a lot of I am and stuff like that. Now, we must all, we must all um, have our I am based on who God is. You must own it. Christ wore his I am on his head. Was well, not shy about it. You, you could tell who he was by how he spoke and how he did. Amen. So uh, we ought to generally live our life based on, you know, who we say we are. Do it and talk it. Let your words match your, your actions. Amen. Where your I am, your being a child of God, where's your head? Be proud about it. Let everyone know who you are. Don't code it. Amen. Amen. Don't code it. Don't be shy about it. Glory to God. Where your I am. Be proud of being a child of God. Hebrews 4. Amen. Let them hear everywhere. I'm a child of God. On IG, on Twitter, on your status, on the road. And everybody know this is who I am. It's fun to be to, to be to believe. It's, it's so enjoyable. Tell me, tell me good product. Tell me well. Let the world know. That I'm different. I am I side of me. Let the world know who you are. Glory to God. Even for. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let's be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Now this falling short here, okay. Um, I want us to, to understand English better, okay, because our NIV and rest, all of them, they have, they, they try, but they don't really capture the weight of the Greek behind it, okay. So, so what, what does falling short mean? Falling short. Um, my slide. Yes, amen. Strong Five three zero two. You know talk about yeah, last year about, about concordance, okay? Strong concordance, okay? Strong five three zero two. The name is Ostero. The the Greek word there for falling short is um Ostero. Amen. I'm fine. Glory to God. All right. It's, it means it means it means to come late. To carry last. <laughs> to come late. To be behind. To come short. Okay. Say, for example, you say, I fall behind, lacking, fall short, suffering, inferior to. So it means here that, um, that we don't be found to have carried last of the salvation matter. Yes, not be found to have come late. Amen. To have, you know, 
time has passed, you now come later, you know. They should not be found to have fallen short, to have come late on salvation. Alright? But for now, before Christ comes, the promise of rest still stands. Till he comes. When, when he comes, you have carried out, you don't, you, you don't get it. Also, please go on. Abraham, verse 2. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my heart. Look at that. Look at that. We who have believed enter. So what will be enter the rest? We enter by salvation, not by works of what we did. We enter in by faith. We got saved by faith. So we entered into the rest by what? By faith. What we got saved, we entered into that rest. The rest of salvation. Okay? We entered in by believing. So, so how do you get saved? Believing alone. By believing. By believing. We are saved by grace through faith. Not of works. Okay? Not because, not because we, we did something good. Or we did, we did restitution for our sins. No. We are saved by believing alone. We can't say this enough. Amen. Please go on. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, he shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all now his works. Now we see that he was quoting the Old Testament, okay? That when God swore in his anger to Israelites, when they were moaning in the desert and all that, that they will never enter his rest. That was them, not us. So you can just make that clear, okay? Well, it says, which rest are talking about here? That even though on the, on the seventh day, he rested already. So which rest are talking about again? That's the question here, okay? So he says, which rest? That's, that's the point here. That since the finished work of creation from the beginning, and there is on the seventh day, which other rest is the question here? That's the question. Okay? Please go on. Are you following, are you following the, 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 the verse? Yeah. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later, he spoke to as in the passage already quoted. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Please pause. So, even though after that, some of them entered into the promised land and all that, says, even if Joshua had given them rest, they said that again another rest, apart from Joshua's rest, they can point here, that that rest, that there's, this is the point, this is the point of the ultimate, that the rest itself is not what um, happened to Israel like then. That the real rest is what we have today in Christ's salvation. I get to me. So he says, Israel had given them rest. Then who's thinking about another rest again? That when when they were speaking in somewhere and ten verse four, there about four ninety five, about another rest. Talking about the future, not the past. Amen. Talking about what the future, not the past. So there still remains today a promise of rest. So so just just speaking, talking about our time now, after Christ has come and died. A promise of rest was made available. Amen. Okay, let's go on. There, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example. Now, please go back to verse 10. Go back to verse 10. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Please note that anyone that enters God's rest also rests from his own works, just as God did from his. Then go to verse 11 now. Just circle this work in your, just circle this work in your mind. Alright, verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. See issues. Verse 10 says, when you enter that rest, you, you, know, you rest from your works. Now it says here, you know, make every effort. But we said that we are saved by grace through faith, not through works. Amen, right? What is it saying here? It says make every effort to. We are saved by grace through faith. So what is it? What's talking about? What effort here? Again, I would say you must know how to use the Greek to understand the meaning of tricky verses. Amen. You want to enjoy your Bible reading, you must know how to use the concordance. Otherwise, it wants to stress you. Right? So when you see a Bible verse that should that the meaning is not genuine with what, 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 what you already know, do a better do a, a deeper search. Use the concordance to check the, the word there and the exact meaning of the word there can begin to understand better what that word implies. Right? So the effort there is just, just, just to help us to have an um, an habit of by ourselves understanding scripture better. Right? So it's not to show that I can do Greek. Amen. It's to show us how to do the search by ourselves. Amen. So the effort there is spudazo. Cool word. Just like someone from our company. Spazio. Spudazo. Strong 4704. Look at that. It says, the first one is to make haste. To give diligence. So he says, I hasten. I'm eager. I'm zealous. So it's not really a work effort thingy. It is a quickness, promptness thing. So he's saying we should make every effort. Meaning that if you are saved, the eighth thing to hear the gospel and get saved. So you don't come last, like verse 1 said. Do you get that? So we should make every effort. The effort there is to be eager, be sweet about it, to hear and receive the gospel. So you don't come last. Do you get that? Yeah. Also, look at that. So it means the number should be what? To make haste. Promptly be saved. Believe so that it does not come last or miss out. That's clear enough, right? Clear enough? Understandable? Amen. Please go on. Thank you, Lord. Please go on. Please verse, go on. From verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, Amen. sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hallelujah. So of course today, on Jesus Christ, our high priest, is priestly 
ministry. So he says, we have an high priest who has meaning that he was he was on earth, a man that went into heaven. Amen. So we have a man high priest in heaven. A man. So it means that he had felt what you feel. He says he has been touched by, by, by infirmities. You know that I I I just be tempted as we have. So so he can he can better empathize with our feelings. He can relate to it because he is a man also. I get my point here. So he lives on earth and he's telling you, so he's a man, so he can better empathize with our weakness. Okay? Glory to God. So he says, let us approach of grace. To receive mercy is not saying to go and beg for mercy. No, he the receiver is lambano. The receiver is lambano. Come to lay hold on already available, what's already given to you. So it's not God, please have mercy on me. You know how people oh, pray, I pray. Lord, please have mercy on me. Lord, if I found favor in your sight, shut up, shut up. It's not if, it's if you have already found favor. You get that? You're not begging God, please have mercy on me. God, please favor me. No, you don't beg for it. You lambano it. You lay old. You, yeah. you hear my point here? So you, you must understand this thing. So you're not, you're not going to beg God. You are begging God. He, he already begged for that. He's already given you. God, please give me. No, I've given you. You lay old. So he says we are preaching of grace with confidence, not with Ah, Lord, I'm such a sinner. Please have mercy for me. Shut up. Amen. A prince talks like a prince, not like a beggar. He talks like a prince with confidence. With confidence. With confidence, with boldness. It must show in your language. Amen. It must show in how you talk, how you act, in your prayer. Now, I don't know babies in the face. Really pray. Oh, no, God, please now. I see God does not hear you. I see you have to beg him to hear you. Amen. We lambano it. We are sons. Amen. We said two weeks ago that the sonship there is not gender. It's a, it's a position of authority. Amen. Amen. So you can call it what the hand is calling Christ, okay? But it's about what it implies, okay? That you're said in Christ at his right hand at the minute. Glory to God. So we don't beg for mercy. We lambano mercy. We lambano grace to help us in times of need. So when you go and get stuff, you lambano grace. You lambano grace. When you feel so tempted to sin, you lambano grace. When you feel so weak, you just lambano grace. Amen. When you try so hard and you fail, you lambano mercy and grace. You lambano it. Amen. Don't ask, as God did not hear you, no. You lambano it. You are a son. Even when sons make mistakes, they are sons. Why? You are saved by grace through faith of the works. Amen. I get my point here. So you must learn to lambano mercy and grace. I will learn it. I'm getting blessed. Go to verse chapter 5. Chapter 5. Every, mod, every high priest is Look selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, You are my son. 
today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, it's false. The book of Hebrews is so rich in the sense that it just explains everything about Christ in, in, in very interesting ways. Now, you see that for instance, I praise an high priest. You're going to say tomorrow, I'm an high priest. Right? You have to be called by God an high priest. So, even the same way also, Christ also was declared by God himself an high priest. Long before he was born. So, Hebrews is showing you where he was ordained high priest, even before his birth. Even far before his birth. To show, show you that everything about him was written in the scripture. I get my point here. So, I was quoting here again, the Psalms, that talking about Christ, that, you know, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Please go on. Come on. Just circle this guy. Circle this guy again. Melchizedek. Circle this guy. Come back to him. Please go on. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal... Again, the l- sorry, the land there, the land there, it's not as he was learning it, okay? It's more like he experienced or he, he practiced obedience. You get that? He practiced, it's not learned as a kind of English learn. He practiced obedience. Alright? Please go on. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Look at that. And was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Please pause. Now, let's come back over and over again. High priest in the order of Melchizedek. So who is Melchizedek guy? Who is he? What about him? What about him? Also, Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews 6.19.20. Hebrews 6.19.20. Hebrews 20. Yeah. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Look at that. So he says, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of the end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Now, this is an issue. So it's not like, did he draw from heaven? Did he draw from heaven? And he says, he has no father or mother. Did he draw from heaven? Is he an angel? No. Well, he's a priest forever. I'm quoting him, okay? Does he have eternal life? Is he, is he man in heaven? No. Think of my point here. So, many questions. Right? Go to verse 6. Verse 6. Hebrews 7 6. This man, however... Both. This man. Let's, let's clear that first. Draw the man. This man. Yeah, I'll show you. Don't worry. Relax. <laughs> this man. This man. So, um, 
This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi. Yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had promised. Look at that. This man did not trace his descent from Levi. Awesome. Now we must learn um, how my brothers write, write their, their thoughts. So some of them have, they have, um, you know, the way we have, we all have poetic tendencies, the way we communicate our ideas, okay? So of the writer of Hebrews has the way we communicate our ideas, okay? Using, in, in English we have axioms, we have, um, we have similes, we have metaphors, we have, we have those things, right? So, so also, in the also, they also have their own, their, own, their own ways of writing also. So to understand how writer of Hebrews wrote, what he meant by this. But before then, okay? Colossians 1.18. Colossians 1.18. I'm sure something. Colossians 1.18. Look at that. And he is the head of the body. Please go on. The church. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Awesome. So he is the first, Christ Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. So nobody else is a man in heaven apart from Christ Jesus. As in man, the flesh, in heaven. He is the first and right now in heaven, he's still the only man in flesh in heaven. Revelation 1 5. Revelation 1 5. Before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the, the firstborn first from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. John 3 13. John 3 13. No one has ever got. The tongue. I would say hold your tongue. No, we are taking quiet. Right? We say, my camera has been under the weather. Do we mean he has been under the weather? No, we mean. Is ill. We say, bring your umbrella. It's raining cats and dogs out there. You, you mean the cats are raining from heaven? No, we just mean it's raining every so. Those are axioms, okay? Axioms, okay? They, they, they. You know, the type of informal language that means something from, from what the, what the words mean. You know, the, the expression means differently from what the individual words mean. All right. So also here, yeah, it's, it's an axiom to convey a meaning that is not exactly what is written there. So what is telling us that he had no record. Of his beginning and of his end. Are you getting that? Yeah. Go back there. Hebrews 7 3. Hebrews 7 3. Without father or mother. So they had no record of his father or mother. What he had was the man. Only Christ came born of the Holy Spirit. He had father and mother. Awesome. So he had father, but there was no record. I'll show you why it's important, okay? There was no record of his father or mother or his genealogy or when he was born, when he died. You know, so it's now like a um, is comparing him to Jesus Christ that actually had none of that. You get the point here? Now, what does that mean? When you see the Old Testament law, for you to be a priest, we must know your record. You must have, when you open the book, you must see in the books, um, Eleazar, son of Elijama. I get my point here. There must be a trace written down of your genealogy. For you to be a priest at all, there must be a trace of genealogy. They must be sure that you are a Levite. Do you get that? So if they cannot find your trace, they will bounce the person. No matter what the person is. Go to Ezra. Ezra. Ezra 262. Ezra 262. Look at that. These searched for their family records, but they could not find them. And so were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. Look at that. Go to Nehemiah 764. Nehemiah 764. Nehemiah 764. Nehemiah 764. Look at that. 
These searched for their family records, but they could not find them and were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. Look at that. So, it's actually important, an important detail. There has to be a record of your lineage. You must see your name in the book. You must see your father's name so you can say, okay, it's actually truly, truly from Levi, okay? So you can serve as a priest. So, it's why it's important for, for rather able to, to, to compare Christ with Catholic. What's it telling you there? That's number one. His record is not that of a Levite. It's from Judah. Please go on, go on, go on, go on, Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, from verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from, their, from the people, that is, from their fellow Israelites, even though they are also descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi. Yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Look at that. He had a descent to say again, but not from Levi. That's, 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 that's the meaning. Please go on. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the, in the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. Go on. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. If perfection could have been attained through Levitical priesthood, and indeed the Lord given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the other of Melchizedek, not in the other of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. Please note that down. Come back to that one. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. Look at that. He of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. Look at that. Pause. Now, for Christ to come outside of Levi, to, to, to come, you know, in another order, it meant something. Number one, it says compared him to say he came in another Melchizedek. What does that mean? He came outside of the, the established family tree of priesthood, the Levites. Right? For there to be another priesthood, there has to be another law. Verse 12. So to say it was coming in another Melchizedek means that another law was coming to abolish the original law. Yes. Now, that is like saying the Levites, they are the body of the entire law. So once you change the priesthood, you change the entire law. You get my point here? You change the entire law. You get that? So Christ coming out of the order of Levites meant that the entire law was going to be changed. Do we get that? Do we get that? Verse 13 again. He of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have, and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. 
For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So Christ is a priest. Not Melchizedek, meaning that number one, out of the tribe of Levi, okay, so came with a brand new law, abolishing the old law. Number two, an eternal priesthood. No, we don't have a record of Melchizedek end. So also, Christ, there's no record of, no record of end. He lives forever. So he has an eternal priesthood. Forever. Amen. Okay. Oh, without beginning and without end is an eternal priesthood. Okay? Jesus' priesthood ended the old law and ushered in a new one. Please go on. Let's just wrap it up. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. Look at that. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Other be- others became priests without any oath. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a, of a better covenant. Glory to God. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Glory to God. That, that completely, it means eternally. It means forever. You get my point? Here. That completely, that, that, we have to know this, this word so we can better understand what we're talking about, okay? He's able to save forever those who come to God through because he always needs to intercede for them. You know, in the, in the, in the OT law, okay, every year, the priest has to go and do renewal. Amen. That's to go to every year to do to renew the covenant, okay? Right. But this one, he lives forever, okay, and he has done it once and for all to guarantee you eternal salvation. So, so it's not going here to go and try redo. Now, people do in church when they say, "I'm born again," they born again today, born again next week. I don't renew the covenant. No. <laughs> when, you do, when, when you enter this week once, okay, he's able to guarantee to the end. So that's what I do every week. If you sin today now, say next Sunday, I'm born again again. When you go out on no Monday, but next Sunday comes. No, he's able to save forever those that come. To him through Christ. Are you getting that? So you don't need to be saved every week, every week, every weekend. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Yep, yep, yep. Are we learning? Yep. Amen. Yep. Now, the main point of what we are saying is we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest. For there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for, for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. 
It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. For the least them to, from the least of them to the greatest, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Glory. By calling this covenant new, for I will forgive sins. I will remember their sins no more. That, that's God's promise to you. God is not counting your sins. He's not counting every day. Today you lied, right? Um, a very light. Joker. So by 12, 12 a.m. that same day. He very stole me for mommy's spot. Wow, legendary. Now, by 2.30, one of the funny things, he just caught the person. He very caught. By 2.30. Now, by 5, he very saw a fire that I thought in his heart. If only I could tell him of a garment. Right? So, he very now forgets to confess his sins. When you better confess number five, you need to confess number three. And we have a list of the sins. If there was a list of the sins, there would be a trouble. Glory to God. So if let's not forget to say it before he just committed a sin. And if not did not pray, trumpet now blew. He falls short. But thank God that he doesn't count your sins against you. Amen. So he says he remembers your sins no more. That's so good. So you don't, you don't go about walking in fear of, hey, I don't pray for confession of sins right now. And Christ comes. Bang out. That's finished. No, I don't pray. You pray every minute. You are a son. You live free. Don't go back on your shoulders. Weight of guilt and shame. Live free. Live free. It's not counting your sins. Otherwise, it's a game, a game of numbers and a game of time. Meaning that if you, you're a child of God, a child of God, child of God, as a child of God, that, let's say, for example, all through the day you did not lie. You lie at 9 p.m. Christ came at 9.02. So because you did not, you, because you did not say you are sorry, between 9 o'clock and 9.02, air fire, come on, that's not your God. That's not your God. That's not your God. See, let nobody fool you. Okay, read up. It's in your Bible. You know, you know what I mean? If it was totally that way, I wonder what they go even know. Forgive No, no. If, if it's like that, nobody's going. Because even when you don't see your actions, you can see your thoughts. Yeah. That's one small bad thought just come. That's why you say, I bind you. Christ now come. Where can I say I buy? Come on, that's not your God. Is hell that sweet? <laughs> you know, it, 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 glory to God. I guess my point here. That's not your God. He is not counting your sins against you. So you live free. And guess what? This freedom is even what helps not to sin. The way sin works, sin works with guilt. So, so from experience, so. The more I feel guilty, I do it. The more I feel guilty, I repeat it again. The more I fear it, 
the more you do it again, why, why feeling guilty? You do, you do another, 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 another round. Oh, Finna. Glory to God. But seriously, I refer to things like because it's the most common thing. Second, we young people. It's the, it's, the, it's the most difficult one to deal with. Amen. We can all form religious and all that. But we know. Right? But when you know, when you, when you are free in Christ, it begins to show your behavior. It shows. It shows. It shows. So we should learn to live free. When you know grace, grace kills sin. Fear cannot kill sin. If fear could do it, the Lord that works. The Lord that has come to death did not work. Ah, come on. It means Lord, Lord cannot kill sin. No. If Lord that has come to death did not work. Yes. So they want to renew every year. Come to death. So if Lord could not do it then, ah, cannot do it now. So it's grace that conquers sin. Not confession. Amen. 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 Why are you begging your friend? Is it Catholic? <laughs> Sorry. Amen. Glory to God, we are free. Live free. Live free. Live free. Live free. Glory to God. Love you, brother. Amen. I'm preaching. <laughs> Glory to God. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 8 13. 8 13. 8 13. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. Look at that. And once it's obsolete and aging, we soon disappear. Now, you're speaking from the past. Now, when he told them in the OT that he's bringing them a new covenant, what does that mean? He has put an expiry date on the old covenant. Look at that. He has put an expiry date on it. That this is what you are saying, you know, it is passing, it is expiring. That something is coming that will be eternal. Glory to God. So, the old law was meant to pass. But guess what? People are still today trying to do both. Trying to live by the old and the new. No, let the old pass. That's gone. Let it die. Amen. Amen. If the old law could do it, Christ would have come. He came because the law could not do it. Hebrews 7 says the law was used. I can't say naive. It was weak and useless. Useless to say that. Useless, useless in, in regards to, in regards to making anybody new. In regards to purifying your inner man. In regards to giving power over sin. So it's weak and useless. So don't live by that law anymore. We live, we live by the law of love, love Christ, love, love in Christ Jesus. Not by don't wear makeup. Not by don't 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 tattoo. Not by don't wear trousers. No, not funny, funny stuff. Okay. Glory to God. You know what's funny about this thing? That even, even when we are trying to join this, if this one is trying to join the two together, but you can see from the test the is looking at that. Oh, this law going and they are talking. No favor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but this law, you know, favor you. <laughs> you know, so why, why are you living on it? Wow. By this law, even you have no show for you. Why are you not, why, what is the point of this law? Why, why, why are you so proud about the law? I cannot save you. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. So let's live free in Christ. Let's live free in Christ. Live free in Christ. You have just one new mediator. Jesus is your high priest. Yeah. High priest. He's your mediator. So you don't, you don't go through anybody against your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have free 
access to the Godhead in Christ. So good. So don't let any man hold salvation hold salvation to his hands. Let everybody hold salvation. This is important, okay? Let's talk the truth. Amen. Amen. We have ah, God help us. It's okay. It is almost wickedness to teach something. When you tell somebody, I'm sorry guys, I love you guys so much after this. Like, if you don't confess your sins to a priest, something some, 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 some will happen. It's wicked, it's evil. So I, I, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll talk to God, not confess to a priest. Like I talk to God in Jesus' name. I get my point here. It's evil, it's weak, it, is, it is wickedness. People can be fairly wrong, right? fairly wrong, right? But it is, uh, it, it is it's sad. It's sad that you all people stand out join your hands in a man in a man's hand. No, you walk in, you can talk to God anytime. Says Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews four says, says you should approach the throne of grace yourself with boldness to lambano it. Not backward, to lambano it. Says you yourself, you yourself, you walk into throne of grace. Higher. To lambano, God to go and beg anybody to give it to you. To lambano it. You yourself. You yourself. You yourself. So you up here in this, give, give any man your life to plead to God for it's, it's your fault because you read the Bible. If you see any man to talk to God for you, it's, it's entirely in your heart right now. Glory to God. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Verse 1. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the golden covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, iron staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory overshadowing the atonement cover. But, these can, but we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything has been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people had committed, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. No, please hold on. That conscience there is not, not a forgiving conscience. Conscience there is the totality of soul and spirit, okay? Like that, this offering of, of blood and bulls could not renew the inner as it means. Could not make new the inner man. Okay? It's not, it's not, it's not our normal English conscience. No. Conscience there is. I think I have the paper there. Okay. Is sine. 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 right? Strong. Is this in my, in my slide? Strong 48, 93. Okay? It means consciousness. Okay? It means. Um, I'm coming. 
Okay, it means joint knowing. Conscious which joins moral and spiritual consciousness as part of being created in the divine image. So it's joint, not just the soul, it's soul and spirit together in consciousness. So it means that the blood of Jesus Christ could not, could not change your consciousness, could not change your, your, your inner essence. Yes. Your inner essence, right? Could not be changed by the blood of bulls and calves. So that's why they, you keep doing yearly renewal. Not, not to change the number, but to just, just, just manage, help us make the other manage, just manageable. I get my point. Just, just make sure that God did not kill them. In quotes. I'm quoting it too. Just make them, just make them um, acceptable to what she thought of. Right? It was not the real thing. It was something that should pass for the real thing to come. Is that good enough? Please go on. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings. External regulations applying until the time of the new order. Please post. Post. External regulations applying till the time of the new order. Applying to what? The time of the new so so that things that that people still do that are external regulations that should have passed with the old that should not be doing right now. Examples, Lord Jesus. Examples. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Feet washing. Feet washing. Blood of sprinkling. Contract into it. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm not saying this to, 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 to mock anybody, okay? I'm just, I'm just teaching scripture. Right? Feet washing, blood of sprinkling, those things. External regulation. Applying to the time of the new order. Amen. Please go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on. You, have you have experience, have you? I have experience. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. Please follow, guys. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so they are outwardly clean. Look at that. It makes them just outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? So it says the blood of Christ, okay, cleanses our conscience. It means it renews our our inner man, so that we we are washed off from acts that lead to death, so we can serve the living God. So it changes us from within out. Real change, no, said real change comes from first within, then without, right? So it changes us within first. Then we can leave it out without. So this accepting Christ Jesus kills your sin nature, gives you a brand nature that lives by nature. Act, righteous act, places you off acts that leads to death, sinful acts. So the one in Christ is by nature righteous. So we know we said 
that if you make the tree good, the fruits will be good. And by their fruits, you shall know them. So what Christ says is to make your tree good. So you can produce good behavior. You know what I mean for you? That by nature, by nature, by being a, just being a believer, you produce righteous acts. You don't struggle to do it. You don't swear to live right. No. By nature, you live it out. You know the problem? People have been taught so wrong, so they don't know who they are anymore, so they find themselves using to sin because they don't know who they are. By nature, if you're not poorly taught out of it, by nature, being a blush will help you live out righteous acts. Yes. Amen. Yes. So, it is easier for the blood to live holy than to sin. Sin, sin is hard for us to do. Amen. Amen. What do you do? Leave it out. Don't make, don't make your problem worse by, by, by taking in, consuming wrong content. Wrong content. Now kill yourself. Okay? If you, it's by, it's by nature. Until you now begin to add it to your own wala, because of it. Right? When you start watching wrong things, watch, hear the wrong songs, watch the wrong movies, have the wrong friends, it's not you making that for yourself. But by nature, it's easy to do. Is that clear? So you don't have a sin problem. You don't have a sin problem. You don't, have a sin problem. You don't struggle with sin. Amen. Amen. So walk free. Live free. Where is it go? Please go. Are we learning? Are we blessed? Yes. Please go. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Look at that. Now that he has died as a ransom to set free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, necessary yeah, yeah. to prove the death of the one who made it. Look at that. Because a will is enforced only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. Very good. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the Lord to the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all of the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled... Pause. Now, the blood there is not about the blood. Those said earlier that... Every will, every, you know, will, normal wills, only comes to effect when the person has died. So until he dies, we cannot act on the will. Okay? So also, uh, the blood here is not about the will, but about the life, the death of the testator. Amen. So, don't forget that the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. So, death is the price for sin. How do you show the death, the blood? The life of a thing is in the blood. That's scripture also. Okay, so in sprinkling those things with the blood, we are saying that this life has paid for this thing. You get that? Yes, you get that? So, so also in the OT, they used the blood of bulls and calves to show that it can be a perfect offering because animal did not sin. 
so it was just to show again, it was a placeholder till now to Christ. It was to show that a life has been shed to pay for the price of these things. Are you getting my point here? Please go on. So wait, wait, I'm going to go, I'll just I'll come out to this. Go on. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. Look at that. And without the shedding of blood, there is no for. Go on. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Glory to God. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once and for all, once for all at the end of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. Glory to God. Finish, finish, go on, go on. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now look at that. So we said, the purpose of the blood there, it's not about the blood, it's about the life. So when we plead the blood, I plead, when I plead in the blood. When we pray, I plead the blood, are you pleading? For, I saw your life. Are you pleading? What are you pleading? If it's not about the blood itself, it's only a symbol representing the life. Representing a payment for sin. So, when we pray, we plead the blood, the blood of Jesus. What are you pleading? Glory to God. We must live on the word. Not on ancient practice that don't make any sense. No matter how, how old the practice is, we must check it out with the word. So look at the scripture. Where in the Bible did any apostle or the early church plead the blood of Jesus? When you see Peter, I plead the blood against you. Every day I quote the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Are you following me this morning? Yes. So are you following? So are you thinking about your life right now? Are you replacing the blood? Glory to God. What does the blood do? Ephesians 1 7. The blood purchased redemption. Redemption. It paid the price. The blood paid the price for sin. The life of God, the life of Christ, paid the price for sin. His blood paid the price for sin to purchase you, to redeem you by paying your wages. You know, by paying which he redeemed you from sin. So the blood is for redemption. Paying the price of sin. It is not a weapon of warfare. That we are told, we pray in the name. In the name. Don't play the blood. We pray in the name of Jesus. So you can see that all over scripture. Act for name of Jesus. Everywhere. Okay? We will never saw anywhere where they use the blood to pray. Glory to God. So as we grow, we begin to put those things off our vocabulary. Amen. Amen. It might sound spiritual and sound emotional, but if it's not the word, it's not true. 
Amen. Amen. Let me show you. Awesome. Revelation chapter 11. Glory to God. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Look at that. So they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Now, number one, number one, number one. Did they say by pleading the blood or that they screamed the blood that they not triumphed? Glory to God. So, what did they mean by that? First John 5 4. First John 5 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Look at that. Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So, number one, we overcame by our faith in Christ Jesus, okay? Says we overcome the world by our faith. How is that established? A price was paid for sin. Christ was slain the blood. So we overcame by what the blood did. Did you get my point there? Yeah. By what it did. Not by what it will do. Is that good? And when I read the scripture, right? Pastor, you don't understand. You see one of the of scripture that starts off on his own. You don't see the doctor in one verse. Don't be your doctor in one verse. And, you, know, you have to check other places and see what does this verse mean in light of our general context. So why Bible all over, all over the Bible says that you need to have two or three witnesses to establish every statement. That's all over scripture. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 19.15, let's call it. Deuteronomy 19.15 is in Matthew 18.16. 1 Timothy 5, 19, Hebrews 10, 28, it's all about scripture. That you don't just take one thing, you check two or three witnesses, two or three verses, to establish every statement, alright? Is that clear enough? Is that clear? Glory to God. Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website, www.thisgreenchurch.org, for more info. God bless you.